skincare is not one size fits all. At Image, we rely on skincare professionals and clinically proven ingredients to create solutions that adapt to your lifestyle. But don't take it from us. Just ask the 30,000 plus professionals in over 60 countries across the globe who trust Image Skincare to deliver when it comes to results. And while we got our start with skincare pros, we think it's about time you got to know us better too. Tune into SkinFluence to hear straight from industry professionals on how to keep your skin healthy, radiant, and resilient through every stage of your vibrant life. Hello, and welcome back, skincare aficionados, to SkinFluenced, a podcast where we chat all things skin. I'm Ashley Kurt, and with me today is my co-host, Jacqueline Hill. Hey, Jack. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? I I'm hope ready. you're good. I'm ready for today. It's raining today, really bad. Uh, it's storming. It's like a mini, you know, mini hurricane. It's yeah. hurricane season, so we're just on the pre-hurricane. I'm not ready for that. Um, yeah, not, not yet. I just am not ready for the no electricity, but I kind of like the storm. And your power went off today? My power went off today. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Well, hopefully today will brighten your your power situation. So you guys, I am super, super, super excited about today's topic and guest. We are talking about my favorite facial treatment ever. She's rolling her eyes at me. Injectables. I am a firm believer in the magic and hopefully after today, Jacqueline will be too. Well, it's not that I don't believe in it because I think injectables are awesome actually. I think our customers are always looking for like instant. Totally. And you know, there's only so much your creams and your serums and your cleansers and even the amazing treatments that we have can do. Right. And I feel like these are like instant results, results that you can really see. Magic. Magic. If you could just magically get that Botox in without a needle, though, I'm, I'm your girl. <laughs> Jacqueline is scared of needles. And when I say scared, she's deathly afraid. So deathly afraid. I think when she hears all the amazing information, maybe we can do some kind of special needle for her. I don't know. But if there's any other way we can figure out how to get that Botox in there without the needle, maybe... You know, I'm inventors, all, scientists, all, somebody. I'm all about a shot, but it's usually tequila. So, all right, girl. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I like different both. shot. All right. Well, let's get started. So, joining us today is the ultimate boss babe, Dr. Candice Kickler. She is double board certified in surgery, surgery and obesity medicine. She completed her training at the University of Miami and fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic, Florida. Dr. Kickler practices non-surgical facial rejuvenation at her North Palm Beach Aesthetics practice and is killing the game with her beauty and brains. Welcome, Dr. Kickler. Welcome. Thank you, ladies. I am so happy to be on here today. Very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> so I know you very well. I, I get to work with Dr. Kickler all the time. So why don't you tell the listeners kind of how you got here, what you specialize in, how you're in this moment today? Okay, so it all started when I was a little girl growing up on a farm, and I was obsessed with Teen Magazine. Yeah. Okay, so I was I like the ultimate that. girl's girl yes. who was unfortunately stuck on a farm. <laughs> and I knew I had to get out of there, and I had to become this beauty boss babe. Yeah. So, you know, all throughout my training, through undergrad, you know, through residency, fellowship, I've always had my eye on aesthetics. And I decided when I started practicing surgery, which I do weight loss surgery and obesity medicine, that there was another area that I was still passionate about. So I went through all of the trainings and I got all of my certifications so that I could be a provider of the Botox, the fillers, the non-surgical facial rejuvenation things that not only I love, but that many of my patients loved as well. Right. So that's what kind of brought me to where I am today. So you grew up in Alabama, right? Yes. And then how did you get to Florida? Well, I uh, basically told myself, you are moving out of Alabama. And <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> I didn't want to be that far away from my family. Right. So, and I love the beach. I hate cold weather. So I was like, Florida seems like the perfect spot. So right. that's what brought me down here. And then obviously you went to school here too. So that's yes. an easy ticket to stay. Exactly, exactly. Amazing. So what is the relation between aesthetics and obesity medicine? They seem to the ear very different, but I think they're... There's totally. a lot of similarities. Absolutely. You know, how you feel on the inside is reflected in how you feel on the outside and vice Absolutely. versa. Right. So many of my patients, you know, they go through this transformation, losing weight either surgically or through diet, exercise, and medications. 
and they feel one way on the inside, but they don't necessarily match on the outside. Right. And then they start looking in the mirror and say, you know, I need to do something. I don't mm -hmm. feel myself. And it really brought joy to them when we could kind of fix everything, right. you know? Yeah. And it's not necessarily that people need a fix, but it's a change that they want and a new life for some people. Right. And I think the next question is, how does health and beauty go hand in hand? And I think you've just hit it already with people doing something miraculous, going mm -hmm. through all of this, working hard to feel better, you know, not only for the appearance, but mm -hmm. also for their health. Because, Absolutely. right, if, if you're obese, you have issues with your heart and sure. you know, cholesterol and all of the sure. things. Right. Um, so they do go hand in hand. And then obviously, um, once you start working on your, your physique, then you're mm -hmm. starting looking at your face and your skin yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Right? And you start paying attention to what you're ingesting as right. well. You know, like we eat our, you know, culture is consumed with processed foods and alcohol and smoking and all these things that right. make us feel bad, but they also make us look bad. So right. when our mindset changes on our health, it changes on our appearance as well. Absolutely. So I think we can jump into some questions because yeah. I uh, love this topic so much. So. <laughs> so we have a lot of different questions, of course, that came in from some of our listeners. And we're going to start with the big guns, like the one that everybody knows. But then I find that people don't really know what it is, right? Totally. They're like, do you have Botox in your lips or do you have like... Right. Uh -huh. so they, That's they, a classic <laughs> question. <laughs> right. It's like, well... Sounds no. like a man. Yeah. Yes. yes. They, they, so they, they hear all of these terms, they see all these commercials for them, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure everybody knows all of the amazing things it can do. So first sure. of all, let's just start with Botox. Mm -hmm. That is a name brand. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different uh, name brands. So yes. tell us a little bit about what it is. Yes. So Botox, which is also on the market called uh, Juveau, Xeomen, and Dysport, okay. these are all neuromodulators which I'll kind of explain that, but it's basically botulinum toxin, okay? Sounds scary, sounds foreign, no. sounds like something you don't want to put in your body, but trust it. me, you do. <laughs> Give it to me. You want it. It's basically vitamin B, okay? Oh, okay, yeah, not the real okay. vitamin B. Like, right. that's, a, that's a joke. <laughs> vitamin B. Listeners. But essentially what this neuromodulator does is it helps soften or freeze the muscles on our face, particularly that cause movement that causes resting lines and wrinkles. So when we treat those muscles and those areas where we're starting to look not so young and not so beautiful, we can see a nice refreshing and a nice softness come back to us. So we look a little happier, a little brighter, a little more awake, and it can be done beautifully without making you look crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I heard that probably other people too, they get stuck on this word where you say it freezes. Mm -hmm. so yes. Am I going to have movement in my face? So that depends on your injector okay. and your wishes. You know, I do have some girls, I call them my Elsa girls, yes. who want to be frozen. You know, they don't want a blip of movement. But, you know, I have other clients, and I kind of like to be like this as well, where you want to still be able to animate and express. Okay. And especially today when we wear masks a lot of the time, you still want to be able to move your eyebrows a little bit mm -hmm. so people know if you're concerned, happy, sad, angry, because we can't always express it the way we used to. Right. Um, so it does depend on your injector, how it gets injected, how much gets injected, how frequently you get your treatments. Um, but it can be done very nicely. No, I love that, that you can, you can actually kind of customize it yes. for yes. whatever you want. Yes. So do you suggest that then people start off with a little, and if they want a little bit more freezing, a little yeah. more Elsa, then they yeah. can get more? I do. You know, I typically start smaller, okay. you know, kind of like baby Botox or micro Botox. Because you can always add more. Right, you know, right. once it's there, you can't really reverse it. I don't okay. want to freak people out by saying that. But once it's there, you kind of need for it to wear off to okay. get full movement back. So starting small and then adding more as needed. You know, at, at, for example, a touch-up appointment one to two weeks after your initial treatment is the best way to go in my opinion. All right. And so you said that it will wear off. So how often? So it's not permanent. How no. often am I going to have to redo my Botox? Yes. Yeah, so that is also kind of like um, patient or client dependent. Okay. Um, most of the time, so Botox, Dysport, Xamen, all the things, 
they typically last anywhere from three to six months. Right. Okay. It's dependent upon, you know, how fit you are, how much movement you make naturally, how much you exercise, your metabolism, you know, where you're getting it injected, how much was injected. There are so many factors that go into that. But at the end of the day, it typically lasts around three to four months. You know, some people like my Elsa girls, they come in every two and a half months or two right, months because right. they start to see a little movement. And we will touch up. Other times I'll tell them to wait. But that's your typical treatment time frame. All right. So you are going to just have a consultation. Do you like one more than the other? Is, do you have a favorite? Do different clients react differently to the different yes. brands? Great so, question. Yeah, that's a really good question. So each has a slightly different onset of action, meaning okay. it starts to kick in mm -hmm. at a different Ooh. time. Okay, right. so classic Botox. She's which getting is, excited. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm like, what's the kick in? Who I know, kicks in right I, away? It's my favorite <laughs> thing right, ever. Right, right, which give it to me. Okay, so um, Botox and Xeomin and Juvo typically kick in around that 7 to 10 day mark, okay. and they'll be at their full maximal treatment range at the 14 days, like the two-week area. Dysport, which I like for myself, Me too. mostly okay. it kicks in a little faster. So, oh, like you know, faster. yeah, especially if you've got something coming up and you like weren't able to get in earlier or, you know, you just realized that you started having some movement that you don't love when you look at yourself in the mirror or in a picture, then you can get that treatment a couple days before your event and you can, you know, rest assured that it's going to be effective, like it's going to have worked by then. Can you mix and match? Like, can I get Dysport in one area and Botox in another area that or do you need is, to stick with one? So that is a good question. And I think that, you know, every practitioner finds their little recipe that okay. they like the best. Um, I do tend to use more Dysport on the forehead where we have like stronger muscles and I know that it's really going to impact them around the eyes and around the mouth. I do like the softer onset of Botox, but you know what? Every practitioner, every like person injecting has their own technique and their own preference, but that's, you know, kind of what I stick with. Right. Right. It's also, um, what I love about having the different options is that, and Dr. Kickler, you can give the scientific part of this, but there are patients that will come in after being a Botox person for X yes. amount of years, yes. and then it doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's in their head. I'm not sure. But yeah. you can switch, correct? Yes, you can switch. Exactly. Some people find that after many, many years like if, of using Botox or of using Dysport that it starts to wear off a little faster. Okay. Typically, if we go up on how many units you're using, then that problem is solved um, but some people feel like they get resistant to it. And, you know, I have heard of rare cases of people who, for example, had to use Botox for other indications, which we can talk about later, right. that used it in high doses. And then when they went to get the Botox in their face, it just didn't work at all because their body almost like was so resistant. It. Yeah, wow. I was like, no, I'm not going to say it built antibodies to it because right. I don't know that there's any scientific literature confirming or denying that. Right. But yes, we can see that and we can make little tweaks to correct it. All right. So how long does it take to get the treatment? This is the, to me, this is amazing because it's very it's so in fast. and out. Yeah. It's so fast. You know, obviously I like to spend time with people and make sure that we are on the same page as far as like what their goals are, what okay. concerns them. So the consultation itself, your first time could take anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what you want to talk about. Right. But the actual injecting is like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> what about so, for, what about for needle chickens? For the needle chickens. It's <laughs> wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. It's very fast. It's still, you know, it's still fast it's for needle It's still chicken. fast. Okay. You know, you, in some people, I will allow them or we will put some topical numbing on the skin so okay. it's less painful but that's typically not needed you know it's a few small injections with i use a diabetic syringe so it's like the tiniest needle possible okay like teeny <laughs> teeny teeny weeny tiny you can do it you can do it close <laughs> but, your eyes yeah it takes just a few minutes to actually do the injection itself and when you have a good injector you don't feel you know, pain. You may feel like, I would say like a pinch. Like every yeah. now and then you'll feel a pinch. I will say if you're um, on your menstrual cycle, yes. ladies, um, because men can get Botox too, but you don't necessarily go through that, at least scientifically, maybe in your mood, but you know, that's another topic. <laughs> we we'll cannot get, go there. We'll get there later. But um, I do feel sensitivity around that yeah. time. 
Okay. Yeah. Kind of like when you like getting your hair dyed at or the same when you're time, or you know? when you're waxing. You yeah, know how sometimes you're more sensitive around your menstrual cycle. Yeah. so same thing. So for needle chickens, don't go around. Your yeah, yeah. Right. It, Once you right get it. used to it, you'll but be it's fine. Just that, like, but it feels days. like a pinch. It doesn't. It's not extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And like she said, you can be numbed mm-hmm. if you're really scared. So yeah, we'll numb you. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of, um, so you mentioned it a little earlier, but um, what other areas can you get Botox or neuromodulator? Yeah, so. The indications for Botox is, you know, the upper face. It's the forehead lines, around the eyes, like crow's feet, that type of thing. But we use them off-label in so many other areas. You know, a lot of trends that you see online are really actually good ways to treat different areas of our face that we want to correct. I love doing a Botox lip flip. Okay, so it's just like a two tiny injections above the lip on each side and it allows your lip to your upper lip to relax and more of the pink to show so you get the feeling of what it might be like if you were to ever get lip filler without so much you know process and we'll talk about fillers later um so that's a lip flip um there are muscles around the corners of our mouth that pull our muscle or pull the corners of our mouth down you can treat those muscles make you look less frowny face. I call R- it the RBF. I, yeah, I call it the RBF treatment. <laughs> right. Okay. And then a really popular one is also on the face, the lower face, the masseters. So, um, right. okay. everybody has masseter muscles around our jaw that we use that muscle to clench. And some people it's so severe that it causes TMJ, you know, right. they're their right. dentist, they're freaking out, nothing can make it better, and you can treat that muscle, relax it and get relief. Other places we use it, hyperhidrosis, which is excess right. sweating in mm-hmm. the armpits, palms on the feet, and then uh, for migraines, you know, tension, right. headaches, migraines. If you've got um, migraines that are um, originating from some of your neck muscles, those can be treated as well. And then I use it on the neck too to help with some lines. So we got right. lots of uses for these toys. Okay? <laughs> lots of uses yeah. for Botox. Yes, Absolutely. I'm making a list. Yes. <laughs> so is there anything you cannot do before or after your treatment? So before, you know, I wouldn't recommend coming after doing like some heavy exercise or doing like a very invasive treatment where you really need to kind of recover or have some downtime. Like you don't want your everything to be super dilated, your capillaries, because you may be more likely to bruise. Right. Okay. Okay. But typically it's pretty safe to do anytime. Um, You do want to be able to give yourself a break where you're not going to lay flat or, you know, lay face down um, for three to four hours after the treatment. So you wouldn't want to get it, you know, like at some of these wild, wet and wild Botox parties where people are doing, (laughs) where people are getting, you know, uh, you know, drinking alcohol and then getting Botox at 11 p.m. at night. I would not recommend that. Right. Um, And then my personal uh, preference is for people to wait 24 hours before doing any excess sweating, like exercise, sauna, hot tub, that type of thing. Because I have a crazy story, and I'll tell you. So one time, and Lori will kill me because she doesn't believe this is true, but (laughs) I got my Botox um, with Lori, who's the PA, my partner in our practice in North Palm Beach Aesthetics. And the next morning, I was a fellow at the time, so I was like doing my rounds in West Palm, and I, the next morning I went to hot yoga, you know, and sweated like right. a crazy animal. And that time my Botox never took. And so to that day, I'm like, no sweating, no, <laughs> no sweating. Don't sweating. even think about it. Cancel your yoga, cancel your CrossFit, you know, whatever. Right. Just because, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily proven that it didn't take because of that, but better safe than sorry. Right. You know, right. you don't want to waste your money. Exactly. You're spending. Yeah. Money. And let's, let's talk about pricing. What yeah. does something like this cost? Okay. So. Starting out with like baby Botox, you're going right. to use somewhere around like 15 to 25, maybe 30 units on your first visit, okay. depending on which areas bother you. Like, you know, I have some younger girls in their early 20s who really only need 10 units. You know, like they've got one little area that's bothering them and that's it. That's what your treatment range starts out with. And the pricing for that, depending on where you go, who's doing it, is somewhere probably around 10 to 15, maybe even $18 a unit. Okay. okay, so you take that amount, 10 or whatever, times 15, 
and that's your price. Right. And again, you have to remember you're going to be doing this, you know, every so often. So it's it's definitely an investment, but it's an investment in your your appearance, your face, how you feel. So it's worth it. It's worth and it long, to me. Long Take term, all my money. Yeah, long term doing that, will you see the wrinkle? Like I have a lot of wrinkles, and now they were softened, so I have to get yeah. less. Do you see that? Or it's typically you stick with the same amount. Okay. You don't necessarily go to less, but if you came in early before all the movement started coming back, you could technically get less. You know, use less units. So, for, sure. for instance, if you started young uh-huh. and then you know, versus somebody that started older, you all that time you're not using that movement in your face. You're probably not going to have as deep set wrinkles. Correct. Et it's preventative. Right. You know, it is very good for someone starting out who is starting to see some resting lines, but doesn't want to progress to like look like their grandma, you know? <laughs> so if you start younger, and I'm not advocating for, like, teens to do it by any means. Right. Because that's crazy. So what age range would you say? Yeah, I say, you know, 20s, mid-20, mid to late 20s, if you have a lot of animation. Now, I've seen girls in their 20s who have no lines and barely animate when they talk. Right. They don't need it. Okay. They may want to start in their 30s. But myself, I, you know, was studying a lot, was working out a lot, constantly dehydrated, so my skin was looking like trash. <laughs> I needed to start it a little earlier. Right. So I started in my mid-20s. I did, too. I yeah. actually worked in the industry, so I started at 25. Yeah. And like, it, I literally turned 25, and the doctor I worked for at the time was like, let's do it. And I was yeah. so excited. So it's too late for me. Is what you no, know. girl, you look good. <laughs> she doesn't have a wrinkle on I her know. face. She's and like, she's older than us, so... <laughs> Uh, help people that you're healthy. <laughs> yeah, that healthy yeah. melanin is on your side, girl. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Got good skin. Melanin. <laughs> okay, so I think we handled all of Botox. Yes. Um, let's talk about. So obviously, I love both, but to me, filler is the most magical thing that they ever created because I love to watch this be performed. And when Dr. Kickler does it, I'm there a lot of times. And it's just, it's so transformative. Like it's immediate. It's very results. satisfying. It's immediate. It is. Yeah. Which is cool. Every yeah. time I get chills, I think it is the most fascinating. I just can't believe that like we were smart enough, not us, but people were smart enough <laughs> it to was create us. this. We created it. I feel like I could have. <laughs> it's not 14 so, days. This is like right away. This is immediate. Yes. So yes. what... Tell us, there's so many different types of filler yes. on the market. Many of you may know that. Many of you may not. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are confused and think Botox and filler are the same uh-huh. thing. They're not. Right. So now that we know what Botox is, what is filler and what are the different types? So filler is a volume replacement. It is an enhancement, okay? It is typically hyaluronic acid that's injected into areas of your face where you are seeing volume loss, volume depletion, or where you want to augment something, okay? And that's where we talk about lips. You know, all the husbands and significant others out there who are judging us (laughs) think that we get Botox in our lips. And aside from the lip flip, which is not, you know, that's not the same, that's that's fake news, okay? A filler is what we put into our lips. It's what we put into our cheeks, what we put into our jawline to accentuate our natural beauty and give us that refreshed look. Um, I love, love, love doing filler. It's so amazing. Well, I think everybody is going to need a little filler. Yeah. As you get older, yes. you start losing volume. You do. You lose the yes. fat. And there's nothing you the can really do about that. You can't put you, the fat you back in your face. You can't exercise it back in. You no. can't therm right. it back in. Right. You can't. Yeah, so many things contribute to that. You know, like aging, our hormones, you know, the fat pads that are in our face shift. And so sometimes we've got to tack them back up with a little filler. Right. And I will say, too, fat loss. So if you were a person that, you know, loses a significant amount Mm -hmm. of weight or you're yo-yo dieting and you're up and down. Yeah. um, Because... You know, it's funny. When you're younger, you want to be skinnier, yeah. right? And when you get older, you almost want to be a little bit more plump because plump, yeah. in the, especially yeah. in the that, face, that, that younger. extra five pounds yeah. makes yeah. you look younger. I'm, it's so crazy. Even just like 10 years ago, if you look at pictures of me then versus now, you'd be like, oh, my God, she she did her whole face. She got <laughs> she got a new face. But it's not. I just yeah. like the fat pad shifted. I lost right. some of my baby fat. And we all do. Right. So on the areas where you want that back, that's where we can use filler so we kind of talked about the parts of the face that it treats um and then you mentioned hyaluronic acid but i know there's a couple other on the market yeah there are so there are other fillers that contain contain different compounds so whether that be synthetic or biologic you know collagen um 
uh, microspheres of vicryl. There's calcium, right. a lot of different ones. And w with those, we think like radius, we think Skultra, um, different ones that can be used um, to kind of provide a framework for the filler to not only grow or to stay, but for your collagen to build. These are a little different because hyaluronic is reversible. Right. These okay. are not as reversible. You right. know, to a degree, they can be reversed and taken down, but they have more potential long-term scarring, if you would. Okay. Right. So it that means you need to go to somebody that knows what they're doing. Somebody who is right. an expert in that specific type of injectable is who I would always recommend. Right. You know, we see this a lot. Sculptra is typically indicated for people with severe volume loss of the face. Like it was initially created for like HIV patients right. who had that muscle wasting and the temporal atrophy, which is like around our eyes. That is a, it is a great product, you know, but it has to be used in the right hands. Um, right. In the right type of right type. client. Exactly. Right. Same thing with radius, um, all of the, all of the different fillers. So who would be, what age can you start getting filler? And cause that, this one's very controversial because I've seen, especially the generation even behind us. Yeah. So Dr. Kickler and I are around the same age. Um, actually we are the same age. So we're in our Mid thirties. Sorry, not. we look like we're I just 20. turned no, twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I was at All your birthday. Time. I don't know about that. Um, but so I've seen really young girls start to get filler. Yeah, and it worries me a little because I feel like they're not even. I know they're doing it for the augmentation part yeah, of it. But right. what do you think as a doctor? As a physician, you know, I don't recommend filler until you're in your twenties. You know, below okay. that is. Too young. Really, yeah. We always have to think about the risk, the benefits, the long-term implications of anything we do. Right. You know, these are medical procedures at the end of the day. And if the patient isn't mentally ready to undergo something like that and deal with the potential issues, complications, long-term side effects, then it's not right to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So, age is... Dependent, I guess, but yeah, probably when you want to start mid to late twenties, yeah. just like Botox, but in small amounts. You Which know, makes sense because we start to age around twenty-five, yeah. maybe a little younger, depending upon which you know scientific data that you read. But um, that's about the time that women, especially, start to lose, lose volume mm -hmm. and collagen, mm -hmm. etc. Right. Um, men have a little bit easier because they age slower. However, when they do, it's downhill fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but men can also get filler, right? Absolutely. So, These are all. Botox fillers are for men and for women. Don't be scared, men. You can do it too. Yeah, you can all look good. Mm -hmm. Although you look younger than us. Yeah. They. I read a um, a stat that said that women are 15 years older than men in as far as aging. Right. So and good. in our heads too. Yeah, we're definitely so older in our, in our <laughs> mental in our maturity, capacity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, man. We're kidding. <laughs> so okay, let's get back on the subject. Who um, who should be giving these treatments? So. Technically, who can give them is really state dependent. You right. know, uh, here in Florida, the injector is typically either a doctor, nurse practitioner, or PA. Um, RN injectors, I don't think is verified in the state of Florida, but there are, are right. states that are. So yes. I think like Virginia, yeah, New York used to be. And yeah. I think Texas. I don't yeah. know. Every state is different with their laws, rules, regulations. Um who you decide to go to, I think you should do your research. Yes. You know, like, how many years has this person doing this? Have I seen before and afters? Are they, you know, upfront about complications and things that can happen? Do they know how to treat those things that could possibly happen? You know, right. having an open, honest conversation should not be an issue if the injector is legitimate. So it's all about that consultation. It's all about yeah. that consultation, all, how you, you feel. feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, your instinct is like your best friend. It's funny that you bring up, can they deal with the complications? Because we were just talking about that. I was having a conversation about that the other day about, there's, I'm sure there's nurses or estheticians even that could mm -hmm. be great injectors. However, it comes down to that. Yeah. The differentiation is 
the doctors, the nurse practitioners, the PAs that go through all the training know mm-hmm. what to do for the adverse reaction right. if there happens to be one, whereas an esthetician may not go through that. Right. right. So that's or not have the right licensing to prescribe what yes. exactly next. Exactly. That's gonna be very, very important. Not just can you get it in there right. Right. with the needle, but because what? if all things I mean, of course somebody can do that and you know, hopefully it works out for the best. But then if you do have that yeah. because it happens. I mean it that's does. something you need to be right. You sign a waiver for a reason. It's just like when you get a facial. Mm-hmm. You know, things can happen. You can have a reaction, et cetera. So you have to be able to um, have that expertise of what to do Have if there's a worst, worst case scenario. Yeah. Which right. Is, is there a contingency plan? Right. I had another question about the fillers, though. I know with our Botox, we're doing it every three months, you said? Yes. Our yeah. fillers every three months? They last longer. Oh, so that's good. the good news. Yeah. That needle's bang for your butt. bigger, right? <laughs> no, the yeah. needle is not. <laughs> is that no, a big girl. needle? No, we still use small needles, but these last longer. Okay? okay. And same thing with Botox. Obviously, if you've got super high metabolism, if you're somebody that's working out every day, like it, it's not going to last as long as the more sedentary person um, or the person with just different genetics. But they typically last you know, six on the short end, but more like nine to 12 months. And some of the fillers out that are out on the market today last 15 to 18 months. So, And do you have to wait the whole 15 months? Like no. if I see it going down a little at 10 months, can I just kind of top it up a little? Of course, of course. And I actually recommend that. You know, okay. I think starting small, you know, I don't like to bang anybody up with like three or four or five syringes. Like that's a lot. It's it a, lot a lot on your pocket first, but also it's just a lot on your body and like mentally, like you looking right. at your face and being puffed up. So I recommend do it. A couple months later, if I say that you'd be a good candidate for an additional syringe, come back and do a little bit more and build upon it because your body tends to react better to the filler if you wait some time between each um, treatment session. And what does what's the price range on fillers? So fillers, typically, these are going to run, depending on which one you get, how much you use, et cetera, somewhere around the 550 to 750 range. You know, they can be a little less depending on where you're going versus a little more depending on what type it is. But, you know, it is more expensive than Botox, but like we said, it lasts a lot longer. A lot longer. Yeah. Right. And it's an alternative to, you know, a lot of times you can get a little filler. It may not be exactly the right candidate, but some people need a little filler. That they don't necessarily need a surgical procedure, et right. cetera, which is right. going to cost them even more yeah. um, to, to treat that. So mm-hmm. it gives you an option if you're a non-surgical person. Yeah. To do it with uh, filler. And then some people just don't ever want to have surgery, you know? Right. But they feel good getting a little filler in their face. And I'm all about that. All right. So um, we talked about adverse reactions. But what what does someone do if for whatever reason their Botox or their filler, they're feeling like they're having an adverse reaction? What do you recommend? Definitely reach out to your injector. You know, like step one. Call the injector. (laughs) Let them troubleshoot it. Let them calm you down. You know, let them prescribe something that may help with swelling if that's your issue. You know, if you've got a little asymmetry, one of your brows pops up higher than the other, all those things can be corrected, but you just have to communicate and keep like an open, you know, line of communication so that it can be fixed before you freak yourself out. Right. And should people expect bruising or bleeding or sometimes we bruise sometimes we swell you know you like I said you may notice one side reacts differently versus the other all of these things are expected you know and I I try to talk to my clients and my patients about that beforehand you know like you do want to try to if you if you're very worried that you're going to get a bruise and you don't want someone to know like I have have some women who like my husband could not know I come here don't speak about it when you see me in the store for time you don't know me my young young boyfriend does yeah. not know how old I really am. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you do, if you don't want to bruise, you want to kind of minimize alcohol, minimize insets, you know, try not to do the exercise before the procedure for a couple days. Even retinols can irritate the skin and make you more likely to slightly bruise. So, you know, avoiding certain things can help prevent it. But at the end of the day, we have hundreds and thousands of little vessels and capillaries on our face. Like of the best of the best of the best of the best could still bruise you. So right. let's be real. Of right. Course. Yeah. So it's just 
bruised. I bruised myself. Yeah. <laughs> so it's covering up. up with a little makeup. Yeah, you know, and we're talking minor bruising. Like a major bruise, yeah, that's something that you don't want to experience. An occlusion is something that you don't want to have to experience. But, you know, at the end of the day, all of these things are potentials that can happen. And you just have to trust your injector that they can manage it, deal with it, and help you through the process. And it's setting up those expectations, yeah, right? So course. if you go in knowing that these are possibilities, yeah, not letting it scare you but yeah. just knowing if that's you know if I get a little bruise okay that's normal yeah. my, my injector told me so you yeah know, so I'm not scared I know that she can handle it mm-hmm. all right so let's change gears a little bit because there's another thing that's like a hot uh ticket item right now that oh yes isn't actually that new but it's newer yeah um it's I don't know for whatever reason that there's more marketing or more people know about it and that's threading yes and I know that you have been doing a lot of threading yeah um so a certain type of threading I've yeah I get my of. eyebrows threaded I feel like this that's is not different yeah okay. yes. <laughs> that's different Thread- not, <laughs> not plucking or uh waxing <laughs> type of threading not for your eyebrows this is um I'm going to let you talk about it. Yeah, so you are threads. Master. Exactly. Threads are another non-surgical procedure that we can do on our face to help with rejuvenation. Okay, so there are different types of threads on the market, and these are inserted with a needle like the Botox or the filler, but it's a little thread like a surgical suture or stitch like I use in the operating room that lies under your skin. Okay, and what that does is it builds collagen, you know, it helps with facial rejuvenation, and certain threads that are on the market can actually provide a little bit of lifting, okay, which is the one, these are the ones that I like to use, Um, the InstaLift or the Silhouette threads that actually have little cones that provide um, structure and anchor under the skin and give a lift. They're FDA approved. You know, these are things that you want to ask your injector, well, how does this work? What does it do? Like, how long is it going to last? These last up to two years. There are other PDO threads, smooth, barbed, okay? The smooth ones are typically just there to help build a little collagen. They're not going to give you a lift. They're not going to give you dramatic changes in tightening. And yes, they can cause scarring, just like anything we do on the face. Right. Um, The barbed PDO threads, I have seen a little bit of lift and a little bit of rejuvenation with, but like I said, every... um, Every person that's doing this really should know all of their options and know which one is best for you, depending upon the concerns that you have or what areas you want to kind of fix or tweak. So would you say this is something that you could do in the place of a facelift, or is this kind of holding you out until you have to get a facelift? Like what? Yeah. What's the indication for this? Why are we doing this? Is, this is for a little bit of lifting when you're not quite ready for a facelift. If you need a facelift, you need a facelift. And you need to go see a really good surgeon who's going to give you amazing results. You know, all of these things that we do just kind of help augment our appearance, make you look better. They can take back years. There's no lie about that. But they're semi-permanent. You know, they're there. They do um, make a great change, but it doesn't last forever. And if you've really got a lot of excess skin or... um, you know, laxity in your complexion and your skin, then you may want to go to a facelift. If you're someone who's on the borderline, I tell those patients, go get a consultation, see what it's like. I have others who are like, I would never get a facelift if my life depended on it. Right. Do some threads. Right. You know, so everybody's different. Are these in addition to your fillers and your Botox? Are they instead of your fillers and your Botox? So they can replace, okay, I'll take that back. They can't really replace filler or Botox, but they could make you maybe need a little less of filler, for example. Like if we lift and you're no longer unhappy with the way your jowls sit or your jawline, then you may not no longer desire to have filler put in that area. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily take the place. It's different. So you can do both. You can, can do thread, you can do all can three. Fill, you can do all yes. layers. You can do the, <laughs> the trifecta, triple threat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like a triple threat. Yeah, exactly. So is this procedure painful and Uh, what's the downtime associated? So it's not really painful, especially the way that I set this up. We put on topical numbing, and then once the topical numbing is set for a little bit, I do local anesthetic with a small needle, and then I do the procedure. So your whole procedure length time is about 45 minutes, depending on how many threads you're getting, what areas you're doing. You know, we could do the face. We can also do the neck. 
everybody's different, um, but it's not super painful. Like nobody needs general anesthesia for this. And that is also like a concern for many. Like I don't need, yes. I don't want to have anesthesia, especially right. I, older you know, clients, older clients, you yeah. know, they just want something that's in the office, outpatient, a little bit of numbing, and then they look beautiful. And that's who this is really good for. The people who I also think have a major benefit with the threads are people who are younger and just starting to notice some sagging of their skin that's bothering them, but they're like nowhere near. That's me. Okay, that's me. Now y'all are both crazy, but I promise. Yeah, I'm in the mirror like this. Yeah, you know the jazz. I say this to her all the time. I'm like, what do you think about this? She's like, absolutely not. I'm like, Dr. Kickler, okay, please. But you're you know, it's typically quite a bit like, younger than me. I'm like, I'm pulling, girl. Yeah, I'm looking at people like, especially with the InstaLift threads that I use right. that yes. really do provide visible lift. These are like patients in their 40s and 50s, you know, who aren't quite ready for a facelift, but have a little bit of laxity that want a rejuvenation, but aren't ready to go under the knife or have general anesthesia. That's I think that's who me. it's perfect it's for. It's like when I have a big high pony. And yes, it and it, it pulls you. T- <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, threads can also be used for a little brow lift, the ponytail, Ooh. cat eye, yeah. brow lift that you see on Instagram. And I see that on like younger celebrities have all done. Um, yeah, it's to a change little, the look of their eye. Like they say that um, it's a little wild. I'm not gonna lie, Kylie Jenner, and it doesn't last. But Kendall, Kendall, yeah, maybe? yeah, because typically that's a different type of thread that we're using. Right. But you know what? If you want something like that, at the end of the day, if I see you and you're the right candidate, and we agree that this is what we're going to do, then it may be a great option for you. Right. And can you do it on anywhere else besides this, you know, the face or the neck? Like, so each I've heard thread, you yeah, each thread is indicated, you know, every product has its indications. Right. And like as far as the InstaLift goes, those are indicated for mid-face and they're in- they now have a neck indication. Um, some of the PDO threads are also indicated for mid-face, but that's where we talk about off-label. You know, like off-label right. is going to be the ponytail, cat eye, brow lift. Off-label is going to be like some of that neck rejuvenation stuff that everyone's doing a little differently. Off-label would be, I've seen people putting threads in the nose. Oh, wow. I don't wow. recommend that. I think mm. it's a little weird, but whatever. You know what? If you love it and your injector does it and you've seen before and afters and you're confident in them and that's what you feel you need, do it. Right. Yeah. So... With all of the triple trifecta that we've talked about today, um, I know you're a big advocate for skincare, et cetera. Yes. So what do you recommend as far as if this is a client that is um, doing all these things or interested in all these things, but you know, obviously wants to take care of their face, what ingredients or specific types of products do you like to use or do you recommend? Totally. You know, like our face is like a blank canvas mm-hmm. and we have to do a lot of different, we have to use a lot of different mediums. Okay. So our Botox and our fillers are going to accomplish one thing and our threads are going to accomplish another. But at the end of the day, if the skin looks dull yes. and it's full of yes. clogged pores, yeah, the texture is not right. Then hyperpigmentation even tones. Yes. then you know we got to fix all that yeah um if you're not using a daily moisturizer that's numero uno okay <laughs> like i have so many people oh my skin is oily i don't need a moisturizer fake news that is not true you need <laughs> to moisturize news. you need <laughs> yes. to moisturize and especially our eyes so a good daily moisturizer a good eye cream okay those are like my foundations if you're not using that start today okay and then the next things that i like everyone needs a retinol at night mm-hmm. everyone yes. needs a vitamin c um, and then I also love a hyaluronic acid too, Ooh. just like a topical hydrating serum. All yes. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Those are the those are the killers today. Those are the good ones. Is there anything that you shouldn't use if you're going to get your injectables or you're having threading done, et cetera? Yeah. So, like you know, if you are sensitive to your retinol and it causes you to have a lot of irritation, then I would say lay off of that for a couple of days, just like if you were going to do that for a facial. Right. Um, but otherwise, no. I don't think there's really any major things you need to stop doing what about for our skincare therapists out there who are doing treatments like if my person is going to go to their doctor and have injectables can I give them a peel? Or if they had injectables, how long do I wait before yes, I give them a peel right. or microneedling or right. all these things? That's that a really good question because we want to make sure you do it right. You know, you don't yeah. want to reverse either of the right. treatments that you're doing. Correct. You know, a good rule of thumb is just to wait two weeks between okay, either I or. Like it. Um, but, yes, I've had people come in and get a facial and then remember that they're due for their Botox and get their Botox on the way out. That's totally fine. You don't want to do the reverse. You don't want to do the Botox and then do a facial and move the Botox all around and right. get a problem. 
Um, same thing with microneedling. You know, like the pores are kind of open. It, it can be a little sensitive, but most of the time you're numb. So putting a little Botox at the end of a microneedling session has, is okay. okay. But after your any Botox or filler, you want to wait about two weeks before you do any procedures, treatments, facials, et cetera. Um, so is there anything that you w- wish the listeners or just people in general knew about injectables in general, like the business of it besides don't be scared and we should all do it. But is there anything that you like is something you hear all the time when people come in and it's like a common thing that you always have to combat as an injector? I think, you know, we've touched on most of it as far as like, you know, Botox goes in one place, filler goes another. Also, I think so many people are scared of filler because they think it's going to make them look like Joan Rivers. Right. And like, God bless her soul. I loved her, but we don't want to look like that. Right. Okay. And that's not a normal reaction to any type of facial treatment. Like if filler is done right, no one would know. No right. one's going to know. They're not going to know. Your not, not going <laughs> to know. How would they know? Not, I won't tell if you won't. Uh, right. No. So, you know, if – okay, and I'll just, like, be totally transparent. Like, if you look at me and you look at my Instagram and look at my face, like, you wouldn't think I've had a ton of stuff done. Like, right. you would think I've had some stuff done because obviously I'm in the industry, but – I have had syringes on syringes on syringes of filler. And I I've can, had I can co-sign that. Units <laughs> on units on units of Botox. And if you do it tactfully, if you do it, you know, in small amounts all along the way, you'll still look like yourself. You'll still have normal movement. You're just going to not age quite as quickly as everybody around you. And yay. I age later is the goal, that. right? Yes. Age later is the goal. And I can attest to just being in North Palm Beach Aesthetics, knowing that I think it's important that you find injectors that um, educate you while you're having the treatment done. So I can say that that's a big thing at North Palm Beach Aesthetics is you're getting education on what it is, why it's doing this, why we do this for this, why you shouldn't do this, mm-hmm. et cetera. And it is a, it's a journey, just like our skincare journey, right? We right. always talk about that as estheticians. You're with me for life. If you're coming to me for a facial, this is a journey that's going to change and yeah. we're going to change. And it's the same thing with injectables. So, for you all that are looking for an injector, wherever you are, it's really important that you find somebody that's on the same page as you, that has the same values that you do, that if you don't want to look crazy, don't go to somebody that has yeah. actors that are don't crazy. Don't go to a pusher. Right. <laughs> or, or that, somebody unless who you looks want crazy pusher. themselves. Yes. Yeah. They that, might like that crazy look. Yeah, right. it's true. It's right. true. Okay, so we thought it might be fun to hit Ooh. you with some myths kind of like a fact or fiction, mm-hmm. um, rapid fire we could call it. Um, just some things that we've heard that are either fact or fiction, we don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. But we're going to ask you. So, yeah. <laughs> number one, Botox causes atrophy. I literally heard that at a dinner and I almost cried. Okay, okay, so faction. Okay, so there is some degree of muscle shrink shrinking, I guess I would call it. So like for the masseters, for example, we do want a little atrophy. Like some people have those chipmunk cheeks. They've got super full masseters. And we, when we inject them with Botox, the muscle does go down slightly, but does it atrophy to the point where it's gone, where it doesn't exist, where it doesn't function? No. So that's where it's a fiction. Okay. Fact to some degree, but really not. But for your upper part of your face. Upper part of your face, no. I mean, your muscles are still there. Like, you know. So you're not going to look like, what's the Sharpe? Like yes. a Sharpe dog? Oh, <laughs> before Botox. That's before Botox. Yeah. But the Botox won't cause you to look like that. Correct. Okay. Good right. to know. Yeah. All right. So I, we're going to stick to Botox because this is when I talk about Botox to my kids. They're like, it's a toxin. Uh-huh. Toxins in the name. Yeah. It must be poisonous, <laughs> right? Why are you putting poison in your forehead or wherever? So is Botox right. poisonous? Fiction, and that is not poisonous. You know, obviously, it is a medication. There can be adverse reactions, but they are extremely, extremely, extremely rare. Okay? It is an isolated form of what was a toxin that is no longer an active toxin that's going to cause you paralysis in other areas of your body. It's strictly injected where we inject it to work where we want it to work. So you are safe getting your Botox. All right. However, Uh, do not do this when you're pregnant. Do not do it when you're pregnant. Yeah, because we don't have any long-term studies. We don't have any, you know, no one's going to do a randomized controlled trial of pregnant versus non-pregnant getting pregnant. We say the same thing in skincare. If you're pregnant, just 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 wait. wait. Just Just wait. wait. Just have the baby and wait. Yeah. 
And, but but otherwise, know, you're good. You're a little plumper when you're pregnant anyway. So there's, exactly. you're, there's you're lines and wrinkles are going to be I plumped didn't up. Even, yeah, I, you know, I didn't even realize when I had Charlie, like the whole time I was pregnant, I didn't even think about needing Botox, which yeah. is weird because I'm like a Botox junkie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, give me that Botox. But uh, no, yeah, I think your body, just the hormones and everything that's going on, it's not even a priority. All of that to say that there are studies, long-term or long-term long <laughs> studies on Botox. Yeah. Yes, and that it's safe. You can't. Yes, right. you but can not for pregnant it. people. Not for pregnant people. <laughs> no, I slept through my whole pregnancy, so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. You were a zombie the whole time? I was sleeping. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> all right, so exhausted. here's one. You kind of touched on it already, but all filler makes you look crazy. Fake news. <laughs> no, we can do it classy. We can do it tactfully where you look beautiful. Right. Yeah. So if somebody looks crazy and they're going to be doing your filler, it might not be the best person. Yeah. Just saying. You know. Yeah. Or Make sure they know what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And and don't forget what you like what you look like. I think right. sometimes people get a little and it looks good. Yes. So they're like, oh, give me some more. Give me. Yes. And then they forget mm-hmm. that, okay, now. That's why before and afters are so important. Okay. You know, if your injector doesn't take it before, you know, when they're drawing up the syringe, take your own before so that yeah. you stay grounded and you remember, you know, what you look like and how beautiful the transformation is. And I will say um, I did some – not, I didn't do the study, but I read a bunch of studies um, about the whole filter thing and, and the mm-hmm. Kardashian um, filter thing and yeah. how so many people, especially younger girls in their early 20s, et cetera, are paying for all these fillers to get that augmented look to yeah. look like a filler. Yeah. So you, if you're... If you start too young, so that leads me into the next the one. next question. If The younger you start, the better. I feel like that's both. Yeah, I would say faction again. You know, like, yes, for Botox, like, you know, I use the analogy, like, it's a crinkled piece of paper. And if you go to iron that out, you can only get so many of the wrinkles out. Right. Whereas if you start with a nice, fresh sheet of paper and you don't let the wrinkles or the crinkles develop – then yeah, it's preventative, and the the earlier you start to a certain degree, is good. Right. Uh, filler, I think, is probably the opposite. Right. Because over time, yes, anytime I put a needle in your face or inject a substance, your body is reacting. Your body's building collagen. We want that collagen right now, but you know, seventy five syringes down the road, you may not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be me. I'll let you on the hook goes. <laughs> I'll be right there with you, sister. Yeah. <laughs> And then the procedures are substitutes for plastic surgery. False. False. So, you know, obviously, like I said before, if someone is very anti-plastic surgery, then these are great options for you. But at the end of the day, plastic surgeons are amazing. This is what they do. This is what they're trained in. And if you've got a certain look in your eye, you know, of how you want to appear or you've got a certain thing that you want fixed – only Botox and fillers are only going to do so much. You know, right. we have to be realistic. And, you know, you should make sure your injector should be very, you know, open with that conversation as well. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So if they go home and they look in the mirror like me and they start pulling stuff and saying, I want this done, how mm-hmm. do they find you? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think the easiest way is to find me on the gram. Um, <laughs> yeah. my I have per- to find you on the gram. Yeah. My yeah. personal Instagram is Slimming Surgeon. So that's for my weight laws my just random life pics and <laughs> and then I link it to North Palm Beach Aesthetics which is also on Instagram you can DM you can you know call the phone number for North Palm Beach Aesthetics is on that um, page but it's 561-231-0193 and then North Palm Beach Aesthetics everything written out.com but yeah and then you can also go on your website to schedule too yes right? yeah you can schedule online super easy uh, super fast but we we get back to people ASAP we love you yeah. Well, this was my favorite topic, and we I could honestly talk about this for about two more hours, but you might be bored with us. So <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Dr. Hickler, for thank joining you. us. Thank you so much. Thank you, much. Jacqueline, for being open-minded. Being open-minded. Yes. I can't wait to go with you. I'm going to hold your hand on your first <laughs> appointment. You might have broken fingers. That's end, fine. So. Oh my I'm God. willing to take on the challenge, and maybe <laughs> okay. we'll film it if she ever decides to do it. Yes. So I just want to make sure that you all are tuning in, uh, add us on Spotify, add us on Apple, Podbean. And next month, we're talking about wellness. It is National Wellness Month. So you want to make sure you tune in to that. Also, follow us on Image Skincare on Instagram, online. Check out our website. 
And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Don't forget TikTok. We're on TikTok now. Oh, and we're on TikTok. I'm not good at it, but I'm going to learn. <laughs> Maybe Jacqueline and I will do TikTok dance. Yes. Stay it. tuned to see. We'll, Stay we'll talk about it for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Skin Fluenced. If you are skincare obsessed just like us, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. We also love hearing from our skincare fans, so send us your questions and comments to skinfluenced at imageskincare.com.